0: life what is going on beautiful people welcome back to the 817 podcast where we talk about the lovely city of Fort Worth and all the amazing things that go into the city from politics business news trends culture you name it we do it here's my man Ryan what's up Ryan good to have you back for a second show does this mean you're an expert now at podcasting because now you're on twice
1: absolutely not whenever I <laughs> I briefly listened to part of last week's podcast and want to rip my eyeballs out for a little vocal flub I did. So I'll try my best this time not to mess anything up.
0: Dude, it was great. I think you did a great job. People liked it. Got a lot of, you know, responses about it. People who listened to it. So it was definitely cool having your take. And uh, yeah, so beautiful weekend, beautiful time. Did you go to the Main Street Art Festival slash art fair slash? I forget what's all going down, like there's like five events, I don't know, did you I go did down not. to downtown?
1: I did not, I uh, I unfortunately had multiple birthday parties in Dallas yesterday, and today I am doing a giant easter egg hunt at TCU, so uh, I unfortunately I've been pretty busy this weekend. Yeah, did yeah. Did you make it out?
0: I did not make it out. Um, I I did not, I wanted to, but then, you know, haven't been home a lot, so it's just like It's just good to be sitting at home. But uh, it sounds like it's been a success based off of, like, the stories and and just seeing who got to play. I love seeing local artists being able to share their gifts out in the world with a bunch of people traveling across the Metroplex to be at the festival and having, you know, national artists in town and to have our local musicians jamming out. I think it's super cool uh, to see. Um, But it seems like there's a lot of drama as well when it comes to, like, the music festival, the art fair. Do you know anything about this, or like, what's kind of the energy?
1: I, I, it's difficult because I don't quite know what is fact, what is rumor, what is, what is what. So there's a lot of things flying around about the disagreements between the two festivals. Why we have two festivals in the first place? Um, I, I personally would have preferred if both festivals weren't on the same weekend. I think we could have had a, you know, a lot more fun if they were spread out a little bit. But at the end of the day, I'm just going to be happy that it's back and that we're having a lot of people downtown and highlighting artists. I think that's a, that's a good thing for any weekend.
0: Yeah, looking at it, this is the second most well-attended event in Fort Worth behind the Fort Worth stock show and rodeo, which generates about $27 million in economic revenue. I'd be interested to know what does the festival do compared to that.
1: Yeah, uh, and it's, it's bringing people back downtown, and yeah. that's important. We, we need downtown to be a place where people want to go.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, the drama. I mean, I don't know too much about it, but, you know, it just seems like this kind of also goes into our kind of our next story. But, you know, the drama between the rest of downtown and, and Sundance Square and the art fair, you know, was focused on local, which I, I, you know, reading, you know, reading the articles and reading the feedback of what happened this week. The weekend it seems like it went well and it worked well together because it gave local artists the opportunity to be in a national pool around you know the main streets arts festival so i i mean i support that i think that's cool um and you know i guess we'll hear more as it finishes up today which is sunday um but yeah i mean it's it seems like um, hopefully they had a good crowd and people uh Got the business that they needed.
1: Yeah. And I think, you know, like you said, I like the idea of one kind of focusing on, you know, what historically the Main Street Arts Festival is focused on. I like the idea of one that focuses more on local. Um, I don't know if that actually came to fruition too much. We'll find out in subsequent reporting, but the idea of it, that is appealing to me.
0: Yeah. And, 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 you know, it looks like it's the third largest. Main Street art festival in the country based off of this article I'm looking at where Bud Kennedy says a lot of that there is drama, but he really doesn't say anything else in it.
1: But I want to, I want you to spill all the beans.
0: Yeah. Nobody wants to spill the beans. You know, (laughs) everybody wants to stay in the pot. No one wants to spill the beans. Um, but Hey, it looked like it was cool. Um, I'm looking at some of the numbers here. So yeah, there's a good. I mean, a lot of good stuff. But yeah, let's go ahead and move into... This kind of is good to go ahead and move into the Downtown Inc. story. So as you guys know, we do two short stories, three short stories, and then a um, main story. And so for our first short story, we're going to dive into Downtown Fort Worth Inc. I think this is a good follow-up from last episode. Because last episode, we kind of harped on like downtown's dying. There's nothing going to happen downtown. Um, we should all be concerned. Riata's leaving. If Riata's le- leaving, what, what's, what's the strategy to keep things to stay? So it's, it's kind of ironic. After we had that episode, now we have our big arts festival that actually makes da- downtown popping. And then downtown Fort Worth Inc.'s 40th annual meeting happened last Wednesday, celebrated, uh, the growing residential hospitality and educational development in the city. Um, Fort Worth exceeded its 10% affordable housing goal and they celebrated that developers have built 2,818 housing units since 2013, uh, with plans for an additional 2,875 units. Um, and they go on to kind of continue to say, Hey, some of our schools are getting better. Um, you know, they're saying there's a lot of amazing things happening downtown, uh, 1.5 billion dollar investment either spent or planned for downtown which also includes uh, the desperately needed convention center. Anytime I go to a city and I see what needs some impact, the convention center, I look at ours and I'm like, man, it is ugly. Uh, what else we have? The draft comes out. People will agree about 90% of it. Um, so that kind of shows like, hey, we were celebrating all the good stuff we have in downtown Inc. What is your take here?
1: Yeah, I like the – they have the, the plan 2033 is what it's called. it' focused on six areas of business development, education, housing, retail arts, entertainment, transportation, and urban design. And I, th- I think everybody can get behind those big six areas, obviously, because they basically cover everything. Um, but I like the approach, the downtown forward thing, City of Fort Worth, and Trinity Metro are taking – Um, There is a survey that they put out for everybody to take. So if you go to the Fort Worth report article about this, there's a link to the survey. Um, We will also put it in the description. Yeah. And I I think that's good. I think that it gives a great opportunity for us to provide feedback. Um, So please, if you're listening, fill out the survey takes about 45 seconds. Um, I'm excited for the idea of it, but like you mentioned, the drama does become an issue here because Sundance Square hasn't really been um, too on board with this plan. And yeah. if Sundance Square isn't a part of it, that, you know, that limits the effectiveness of downtown because Sundance Square is the heart of downtown.
0: Yeah. And, it you know, it seems like Andy Taft, the CEO, was pretty like straightforward about like nonsense. And I don't know, you know, talking about there's a lot of drama or gossip he could even be talking about things like the eight one seven podcast. who always talks crap of downtown, but I, I, to me, it was, seems more directly attacked to the, like kind of like the Sundance square stuff with the trees and all the other stuff that kind of goes on with the, the fight between downtown and Sundance.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it'll be interesting how this plays out. Um, Hopefully they can get it together. Um, I think a lot of people want to know what the, Fast Family's new vision is for Sundance Square. We've heard a lot about this new vision. And now we're just kind of waiting to see what that new vision is, what it looks like.
0: Yeah, and I think, again, the problem with this is when I see someone like, you know, like the point of an event like this is to brag on yourself it's to keep money in the pots and to grow what you're currently doing. It's not a place for self-awareness. It's not a place to have self-reflection and be honest with ourselves. And you know, I think that happens a lot when you're a city employee or you're uh, a member of the, Fort, you know, of Fort Worth and your job is Fort Worth, right? Your job is to care. So then you, you know, you can't take everything that Andy and the downtown Fort Worth ain't take as oh things are going good because they're biased it's their job to to say that and they work hard to get whatever results they see as true um you know i think this is the same kind of thing that happens at visit fort worth or economic development i feel like they're always ha- 50% of the time defending their impact uh, you see with the fort worth chamber you know they'll have the crazy tweet like Numbers don't lie, bro. And then it's like they like show these numbers, and then it's just like, okay, um, if you if you believe that you're doing great, great. But I just don't know how much I kind of believe in it. I mean, I do see the whole ten year vision because you know the worst case scenario is Southside continues to be great, Texas A and M shows up. They're bringing their innovation masters and, and entrepreneurship. So you're going to get a lot of engineers who got their bachelors from AM. They're going to come to get their masters. They're going to do innovative work in Texas A&M. So now you got kind of the south side of downtown. Panther Island really comes going and really starts thriving. You then really create a sandwich where downtown maybe can't fail, where today it's very centered than out base, where Sundance has to rock. In order for the rest of it, The Rock, where it might just be a place where if, you know, the, you know, Sasha Bass and them don't get a line that Downtown Inc. looks like they're not betting or worrying about Sundance Square anymore because they see the sandwich happening for their other properties.
1: Yeah. And I like what I know what you're saying about, like, Downtown Forward Think saying what they need to say. But from my perspective, they're saying the things that I want to hear right now. And I like that they're bringing in that idea of Panther Island. They're cognizant of what is happening around them. And I think that's important. And I like the proposed vision. Um, and I think like uh, surveys and things like that are great because it does give us an opportunity to really be vocal. Yeah. Um, and you never know, maybe if the response is strong enough, they do actually take it into account. Um, I, I'm excited to see what happens here, but I like the idea of them having a big picture rather than just focusing on one segment.
0: Yeah. And then you also have, um, you know, in the kind of the Fort worth report article, you know, they just kind of, you could just tell there is also true data showcasing that like Wednesday is the most like popping day for the week because downtown companies are making their, people come at least, you know, the middle of the week where, you know, Mondays maybe are lower because people are able to work from home Mondays and Friday. So you're also having that discussion around what does a new downtown looks like. When, you know, when you look at the article and it says that 71% of downtown real estate is made up of offices across the country, metropolitan areas, major metropolitan areas across the country, according to the Brookings Institute, you know, I think that dynamic is also going to be important. And I know they had a keynote speaker, which you were a fan of. Um, Yeah, um, Scott Page.
1: We're going to cover my guy, Scott Page, later on. Um, But I liked a lot of what he was saying. And one thing that I... I like from the article is that it seems like they are getting more focused on the residential side of downtown which is important if you're going to have a lessening impact of the business office space side of things then focusing on that downtown or that residential side downtown that's going to be able to make up that gap because you want people to get downtown at some point if they're not coming in for work might as well have them live there
0: yeah yeah um Cool. Well, let's go ahead and go into the next story. Um, You kind of really articulated this, and this is something that is definitely up um, Jimmy's alley too. So um, what do you got for us?
1: I'll do my best to um, do Jimmy proud while he's currently running around in Paris eating crepes. (laughs) Um, There is an article in the Fort Worth Report about neighborhood coalitions rallying against short-term rentals. A uh, large group of neighborhood coalitions are making some proposals about short-term rentals. And the focus is on trying to find a common ground. Um, you know, this has been an ongoing story that y'all have covered about short-term rentals in Fort Worth. Um, there's a lot that can be covered here because there's there's some big gaps that need to be filled in. Uh, some of the proposals for bringing short-term rentals into the fold we're talking like airbnbs is uh, requiring them to have a nine percent hotel occupancy tax that uh, hotels are required to pay um, asking for uh, neighbor approval in order to get a permit um, requiring permits in the first place Um, there's a lot going on here and it'll be interesting to see how the city council approaches these short-term rentals um, what we're going to do about it. We've seen Arlington come up with some ideas on how to approach this, where they created a zone that Airbnbs can be permitted. It's near Cowboy Stadium, Six Flags, where they have the majority of their events. For us, it's a little bit different in that we have our events are kind of spread out more around the city. And so some of the proposals for us to have zones in some of those areas, such as uh, around Dickey's Arena um, near Fairmount and a few other areas Um, it it'll be interesting to see what happens from here because there are some proposals that for the most part does seem kind of like a relatively middle of the road Mm -hmm. option Um, i do know that it's not unusual in some places for those airbnbs to pay that hotel occupancy tax Um, i did i can't emphasize enough the bare minimum amount of research on this but I know that like LA does something similar.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, the Airbnb um, saga of like, is it good for the world or is it bad? I don't know. I'm I'm torn because do I enjoy staying in Airbnbs more than I do a hotel? Yes, when I travel. But do I see the um, ramifications of... Now, you know, we're already having limited housing, but now some investors can just buy these Airbnb, you know, these houses and make them look nice enough that people will Airbnb them. Um it really impacts the the fabric of a neighborhood and a community. And you know, so I just don't know where I live on the on on like what point of view I have like am I pro like a part of me, it's like, I'm pro, you know, what does the consumer want in the sense of like, if we want to stay in Airbnbs, we got to have Airbnbs for people to travel to DFW and be able to, you know, find an a Airbnb to live in. But I'm also like pro equity and building, you know, people getting people homes so that they can start building equity in their lives. And if you can't do that because now every house is an asset for an investor, then, you know, we're on that path where more and more people are just going to be rentals um, and we're all going to be those millennials who never get to buy our dream house. So we go rent an Airbnb to live like we live in our dream house, uh, you know, for a weekend. And then, uh, yeah, so it's tough. And I totally get it. Um, Looking at the neighborhoods, you know, this is where me and, you know, Uh, Jimmy live the neighborhoods are Bentley Village Water Chase Brentwood Oak Hills Central Meadowbrook Chimney Wood Cooks Meadows Eastern Hills Far East Garden of Eden Hanley Hollow Hills River Bend Rhinewood West Meadowbrook White Lake Hills and Woodhaven neighborhoods all kind of on that east side of Fort Worth between here and Arlington which also my argument why they care about this probably so much is because right the airports right there AT&T Stadium and Cowboys games. You got UNT, the college there now having big events there. You know, there's a lot of events happening all the time, right? WWE was just there, right? It just continues to be something Canelo fight. It's always something happening. And so it's a prime area to really pit some Airbnbs in because people are always traveling um, to DFW. It's an affordable flight. Boom. Airport. And then bam, I'm going to the Canelo fight. And I can do this for a three day, two night event. Uh, and that's kind of my trip to Dallas, Fort Worth. So I can see that being difficult. And it'd be interesting to know how many hotels are around that space if we don't have the Airbnb. Like we do have the hotels in Fort Worth and Dallas, but they're also, that's a, that's a, a, tri- a trip to get to um, in order to get to Arlington and all the event space.
1: Yeah. And like, I totally understand where some of the neighborhoods are coming from with the idea of you don't want new strangers in your neighborhood every week, essentially. Yeah. I understand that. Um, But I also get like the Airbnb, I get the importance of it. Um, We used one for when I got married. That's where the Grimsman stayed because I wasn't about to, you know, rent out four hotel rooms. Yeah. Um, And so I, I get where everybody is coming from. Um, And so that's why for the most part, this does sound like a reasonable proposal from the neighborhoods of East Fort Worth Alliance, um, requiring proof of property insurance, um, limited number of occupants, things like that sound pretty reasonable. Uh, One thing that I didn't necessarily like, was that um, if 20% of property owners oppose the registration for the license, you have to go before a hearing Mm. Um, i'm not opposed to like a certain number of neighbors being against it that you have to go to the hearing but 20 percent is just really low in my mind um you know if you have five neighbors just one of them has to oppose it yeah so like that maybe should be a little bit higher but i i get where everybody is coming from
0: yeah well, we'll see how it kind of goes. Um, at least we're having that discussion. I definitely think it's a no-brainer for the tax, right? Short-term rentals account for less than 1% of total occupancy tax revenue. So the city needs to find other ways to you know, get money because this property tax stuff is getting outrageous. So
1: finding a way. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Do you want to move into the main story? Let's do it. So our main story today is uh we're talking about the mayor of the stockyard steve murren who uh i apologize to him if i pronounced that wrong but he's endorsing deborah people's democrat for county judge um this big deal steve murren is a you know prominent fort worth republican is the first line of the article on the four star telegram um what are your what are your opening thoughts yeah it makes
0: me um want to go to the stockyards and uh, you know, the, the, the walking stockyards hater, you know, I'm, I'm down to roll through if this is what kind of uh, sense our cowboys are going to start having in this world, you know, if they're going to become logical, empathetic and realize there's more than one way to live in Fort worth. I think uh, I'm all about it. Um, But it, to me shows, it sounds a little, it feels a little strategic, you know, it feels a little, strategic there there must have been talks, you know, with Whitley, with Price, with Parker, you know. Some the room where it happens, if you would, right? Or like, how can we say how we feel? Because I don't think I don't think Whitley wants O'Hare to win. Like I I don't think Maddie wants O'Hare to win. They just can't say it besides to their 20 friends who are in the room where it happens. But I feel like they're like, hey Steve you're kind of important, but you're like, you know, you're a mayor of a fake town. So, like, you could actually say it. And I think they're just like, hey, you say it. That's kind of my vibe about it.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know what's going on behind those closed doors. Um, but I will say that I totally get why someone like Maddie can't yeah. come out and endorse Deborah Because, um, you know, it's it's that double-edged sword on one side of it. You could do it and endorse Deborah, but there's this idea that for the further you get away from Fort Worth and the longer you get away from the time you do it, the shorter the story gets. And so while it might make sense right now, there is this idea that eventually that headline could come back to her. And all it has to say is that uh, Republican mayor endorses former Democratic Party leader over fellow Republican. Yeah. Uh, And that can be pretty damaging. Um, And so that's what makes it a little bit different just because uh, Deborah does have that uh, in the past being a leader in the party. Um, But on the flip side of that, if you are looking to make that strong statement that you uh, don't agree with the far right of your party, this is that opportunity. This this would be a very very strong statement to make, um, but I don't know if you're willing to make that step because that would be a very very big step.
0: I just love how he says he you know he meaning you know, Steve Murren said this. He said that that he and he's talking about O'Hare is extreme right one of the crazies. I just I just love that I, I'm, we're not the only one that uses the word crazies all the time when we talk about these people. Um,
1: he's the mayor of the stockers. That's that's a straight talker right there. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You can't, yeah. You gotta be a straight talker there. Um, yeah, I'd be, I'd be interested to know where it goes. And honestly, like super, like this is a win also. Like, I think like when we talk about what we want from Fort worth leaders, regardless if it was strategic or it came from the goodness of his heart and he took the sacrifice, this is big props. And, uh, Super cool. And, um, yeah, I think when you really look at the power of, and this is something, someone who I was with last week kind of talking about this stuff when we were discussing Fort Worth, you know, they kind of said that, you know, Maddie being so showcasing her centeredness, um, in the Texas Tribune and how she's, um, much more practical and, and has, and, and still shows that she has a lot of centered ideas or even things that, um, Democrats agree, you know, she that is kind of Democrat forward. She, um, having a progressive judge would be huge, you know, where now you're pulling from those forces like that. So you're only going to make Matt, Maddie having to stay more centered or to be able to have to her being more giving of centered policy or something that's more, um, urban based. You can kind of use that excuse or having to you have to collaborate with the judge. And so now if we did have a progressive judge, how that could make our Republican mayor be able to be more open about her being centered and having someone to collaborate with that. It's not Maddie. It's more like she's trying to work with Deborah. I don't know. Kind of, I thought that was super powerful, but I don't know what that would look like if it was the other way. Like did does does, you know, would, would the mayor just beef with O'Hare or would, you know, they try to make things work.
1: Yeah. And I, I'm curious to see what happens from here forward, just with the relationship between the mayor and the county judge. Um, You know, due to the pandemic, that relationship got a lot tighter, like they had to work a lot closer together. Mm -hmm. Um, In the past, it wasn't as public of a relationship. Um, I mean, that could just be me not being aware of it. That's definitely a possibility. But I do feel like that the pandemic really highlighted the power of the county judge. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens from here, uh, regardless who wins for the County judge, because I I do think we're going to see a little bit different of how that role plays out in the area.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I'll, and, and as we know, this comes from after Maddie's, uh, Texas Tribune interview, but then you also had Whitley saying that both sides are being run by extremists, which I don't fully agree with, um, Especially in Texas, I don't think that's you know uh true at all uh in Tarrant county politics or Texas politics like there's one extremist you know but i i don't I don't see um how he could have said that both parties
1: um but we'll see, yeah, and to kind of have a slight pivot here going along with just forward politics uh state Senator Beth Powell dropped out of her reelection campaign um, because of the new district lines is what she essentially said.
0: Yep. Yep. Seven year old Senator from Burleson suspended her reelection campaign on April 6th after a court denied her motion for injunctive relief for the newly redistricted state maps ahead of the November, 2022 elections.
1: Um, Yeah. The the map was drawn. uh, It's Senate district 10. Has October twenty twenty one. Senate District Ten has historically been the most competitive Senate district in the state, um, and by a wide margin. Um, that's the district that Wendy Davis used to have, that uh, Connie Burton had, and then Beth Powell. Um, it's it's always been a really competitive, tight race, and the new District Ten is not nearly as moderate or like the, the the distribution of republican democratic voters in it it's not nearly as close as it was before um i'm a little bit surprised to see bet powell drop out um why is that i it's a little bit later on um than i would have expected but i i do get the uh looking at the map and kind of not seeing a path forward mm-hmm well you want
0: to move into wins and losses?
1: Yeah, sure.
0: Um, we are moving rapidly fast. You know, me and you, we, we 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 keep it tight. I mean, we you know we're we're at thirty minutes right now with back to our wins and losses. A bit of a
1: lollygagger, <laughs> uh, and Steve Mariner, you Steve Murren Are you cut to the chase, straight talking Cowboys? Yeah, right? yeah,
0: exactly. We're, we're 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 straight into it. Uh, you know, it felt like what's funny about it. You know, I was like reading the newspaper and looking through the news. It felt like it was going to be a big news week because we had a lot of things going on, the art festival, Downtown Inc., um, just a couple events. We just finished the the food festival that we have. So we just had a lot of stuff going on, and it seemed like there was going to be a lot to talk about. But really, unless you were going to recap a lot of these events, there wasn't much news outside of that.
1: Yeah, we, uh, we didn't get too much uh, drama at the actual events to break down.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, go ahead and uh, let's dive into wins and losses. And we start with our losses and end with our wins so we can end on a good note.
1: Yeah, so I'll start with my loss. Um, My loss is that um, the Paris Coffee Shop is going through a big renovation. Um, If anyone listening knows me, you know my fondness of Paris Coffee Shop. I love any kind of diner that has that brown coffee mug that's been there since 1973. There you go. That's always a good time for me. Um, but my loss is that the mural, the famous mural on the side of Paris Coffee Shop, uh, painted by Bo Powell, um, has been covered up um, with the new renovation. Um, and in the, you know, in the defense of the renovators, they said it's because the mural hadn't been properly taken care of. And it was, it was necessary. It was beyond just fixing it up um, and multiple holes had to be drilled and things like that. But it's still a loss because that was a beautiful work of art. Big fan of public art and losing that mural um, just shows that, you know, when we do these big public art pieces, we ha- we have to take care of them. Um, and so I understand why they had to paint over it, but it, it's still a loss. We are literally losing the mural and that is a loss.
0: Yeah. And that was such a I know it's by new owners now. So I, I wonder what is it? Do you have any idea of what it's going to look like? The new model of Paris? Because it was such a classic place.
1: I don't Uh, know. It felt like you
0: traveled back in time and you got to hang out. It was really cool.
1: So it's the same uh, folks that renovated a Roy Pope grocery. Um, And I love the new Roy Pope grocery. I have a fond appreciation for sandwiches and their sandwiches are quite good. Um, But so they have, they have my confidence with what they're going to do to Paris coffee shop. I hope they don't try to make it too nice. Because <laughs> there there are other breakfast places in that area that can serve like the nicer breakfast, I mean broods across the street, yeah, but I am someone that appreciates like the one type of coffee, the crispy bacon and the French toast that is brought out to you within five minutes. yeah uh, I, that that really hits it. I, diners have a very special place in my heart, so I hope they can keep the spirit of Paris coffee shop. i I'm, I'm excited to see what happens. Um, it's pretty quick renovation. I think they're set to open in May. Could be wrong on that, but I think it's May is when they're set to reopen.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I know. It was a good, it's a good spot and it's in great location. I I was down there recently and I saw the construction on the back end of Sinjuku that they've been happening. That's they're moving fast on that. That thing's looking pretty serious.
1: Yeah. I went to a lunch and I looked up and I was like, when did we get a parking garage here?
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's, it's turning out pretty sharp. Um, Cool. Well, my loss. It's I, I, I would say it's a loss, um, just because it seems like weird communication between Council Member Chris Nettles and the Fort Worth, um, I guess, agenda, the city agenda. Um, Chris Nettles outlined what he believe is a citizen police review board, which will look at uh, which he discussed during a Fort Worth Chamber of Commerce event last Thursday he talked to an audience of 20 people and he basically said that um they're working on a they're going to have a working session um April 19th and that they were going to discuss a police re- review board but then it got weird because you know the city said no nah, we're we're not planning to talk about this this month um and so it's just like i feel like i don't know this is either um a rookie mistake by Nettles and just trying to, you know, get something that he did, you know, wasn't prepared for correctly or isn't being discussed because you also have, um, recently, you know, Matt, uh, the Dep- mayor Parker and, um, chief Noakes talking about Fort worth safe. Um, and, and the idea of, you know, we've had the most, um, homicides in like 27 years, Uh, and now we need to, we want to drop it by 10%. And there was this whole thing about, you know, Mayor Parker saying that we need to make sure everyone feels safe. Um, and we need to aspire for a world where Fort Worth is, uh, safe. So it's like, I, I don't know if like because of that messaging and that campaign, Nettles kind of idea here just got thrown to the side and not needed at the moment. Um, so my loss is just like, one, I guess it's just like the lack of communication on on this, but also this is just like, do we really need another board or task force? Um, you know, it it's there has to be different kind of solutions, or just call a spade a spade, and then you know Fort Worth doesn't care about what it actually says it wants to care about. Um, so it's yeah. Anyways, what is your take?
1: I don't, I don't know to be honest. Like I, I don't know what happened in the communication there i I just haven't read enough information in order to make a strong take on it i i don't necessarily know where it's going um what the future of such board would be um i I think it's just a wait and see situation for me because i just don't necessarily know what's going on
0: yeah well what is your win
1: my win is uh going back to my guy scott page um and to be clear, I don't know a lot about Scott Page, aside from the very brief that I've read so far. But um, he said that we want to avoid plazas in downtowns. And I just love anybody that, you know, comes up with their own word. And the idea of the word blaza, meaning we don't want a plaza that doesn't serve a purpose and is empty. That is awesome to me because I don't want us to have any blazas. um but also he said some other things that that i really like um he said downtowns need to focus more on the streets than the skyline Mm. like walkable roads parks and accessible transportation uh just making downtown a place where people want to gather and that's all in the forward report um article and i and i just think that having a guy like that leading this um i know it could just be words or whatnot but i like what i'm hearing once again um, and also, just I, I think blas is just a, a wonderful new term that is going to be a part of my uh, daily communication, which my wife will surely hate.
0: <laughs> and for those of you, it's blaza like B L A Z A. That's how he says it.
1: L-A-H, like A-H. blah.
0: Yeah, blah, like so. it feels blah. So just want to make sure people understand what we're saying here.
1: Yeah, it's like when you go up to the plaza and you're like, mm, blah.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, My win, I guess I kind of keep it in the loop. Uh, My win will probably be just, I'm actually going to say that we'll find out because obviously we did not go to the arts festival or the arts fair. Um, But I'm going to say it's a win because I think it worked. I think I like the idea of local artists, both musicians, but then artists, um, if they were there, like, again, we'll see what was the show up and and how effective things were. But I actually think it being together is is great, giving local artists a chance to see what full time artists do on a regular basis at festivals where, you know, they're going out to these festivals across the country and they're going to be making their living, you know, by going to these festivals for three days and and making these chops. I think to have our local people there to also get some of that um, national touch is a win. Um, So even though there was probably a lot of drama around the art fair and the main streets arts festival, I actually think um, there's some cleverness to it and shouldn't be that big of a deal. And we should all woo-saw, be okay. And uh, it was, it was good for Fort Worth.
1: Yeah. I mean, we, I didn't make it out this year. Uh, Things got in the way, but I've been before. I love the art festival. I think it's an excellent way to showcase downtown Fort Worth, what Fort Worth has to offer. And like we said earlier, I like the idea of focusing on both national and local. I think that's a good idea. I don't know how well it worked out in, in practice, but for the future, I think that's a good idea going forward.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so there there's kind of our show. I mean, we're going to have a show that's under 40 minutes. So I think that's, we, we did a good job. To, we're keeping it nice and crispy um for all of you listening hey thank you for listening to the 817 podcast it felt like today was going to be a an epic news week um i think we had some great little tidbits though um and seeing what happens uh but we'll also see like a lot of what we talked about are just ongoing updates on something that we've already really hammered home a lot throughout the years and so um, we'll keep you updated and if any new fresh perspective um, happens or things come we'll keep you posted also, we will not be recording next week as it will be Easter. Um, as we saw, right, Ryan is already celebrating Easter at TCU, and he became a professional. So I'm sure you got a lot more Easter hunts to uh, attend and support. So we are just not going to be recording next week.
1: Yeah, I'm a basically a professional egg hider person now, so that's going to be my career for the future. Hey, um, so I will be busy next week.
0: Yeah, so. We will see you in two weeks after Easter and um, really excited to continue to get the ball rolling as we get closer to May. Peace. Peace,
1: y'all.